0: Until you top of the afternoon, whatever time of day it may be, I wish I wouldn't do that. I always start out top of the morning, top of the evening, because <laughs> you know it may be morning when uh, we're actually producing the podcast, but you may not be listening to it till ten o'clock at night. So anyway, old habits die hard. But anyway, we're here if you are watching via. The archive or the live broadcast right now, right below, you are able to chat with us. If you've got a question, enter it in the uh, chat area, and I'll be able to answer it during the podcast. If not, we'll get to it next time. My Arkansas mug. Let me tell you about this. I I have my Bugs Bunny mug, but this mug here, the Razorback mug, it's a little bit bigger. And... As a lot of you know, I got diagnosed here a little over a month ago as a diabetic, and nothing to worry about. Everything's normal now, but uh, I'm kind of off sugar for the most part. I mean, yeah, you can't get away from it 100%, but I'm using Splendra, and they did not pay for that, but (laughs) I'm using Splendra artificial sweetener. And I found that uh, with my Bugs Bunny mug, and I'm using packets. Two packets is way too much, and one packet just isn't enough. So I went to a bigger mug, which is the Razorback mug. And it's big enough to where two packets is almost spot on. Still not quite, but uh, pretty close. FBTV Video Live podcast, whatever we're calling it this week, we get together every week for Uh, about half an hour or so, talk about things going on in the industry. If you have any questions, we're able to answer those for you. Uh, We talk about the industry. Today's topic, by the way, is going to be uh, freight broker bonds, better known as the property broker surety bond. That's the legal name for it. We're going to be talking about that. If you have any questions, comments, messages, you can email me at fbtv at freightbrokertv.com. As a client, you can email me or contact me direct, obviously. I have plenty of contact forms on our website at freightbrokertv.com. so check that out. Uh, If you're seeing this live or or if you're watching the archive, it's uh, part of the uh, Insider, FBTV Insider. And clients have access to that, Uh, only clients as far as that goes. So uh, there you go. All right, checking all this stuff out. Let's see here. Well, diesel fuel prices are up again. Uh, we kind of expected that, in a way. Due to the uh, pipeline hack, which don't make any sense to me. But, uh, you know, I'm not a technology genius or technological genius, however the phrase may be. But you would think that the oil comes out by pushing a button and the pump starts and it fills up the tanker and the tanker drives off and delivers the uh, oil. I guess hacking could end up really messing up the logistics, but you would think... You would think... Yes, I understand we're in the 21st century. Everything's computerized. But you would think somebody somewhere would have thought, hey, it'd be a pretty good idea if we didn't forget how to do this prior <laughs> to everything being computerized. So that we could still, should something happen, we could still produce, load, and deliver. But that don't seem to be the case. And what do they pay? I, I read somewhere they paid a, a ransom of $4 million bucks or something like that. You start paying ransoms like that, uh, it's going to happen again. Somebody else is going to pay. That, that just... You know, those hackers are people doing that for money. You know, they get excited. Ooh, they did pay. But anyway... And sometimes I wonder about the government stance. You know, they say they don't negotiate with terrorists, but you have to wonder. Anyway. Anyway, diesel is up six cents, three dollars and twenty-four cents a gallon. Gasoline's up six cents, three dollars and two cents a gallon. We got Memorial Day weekend coming up. That that is not helping anything. And the uh, pipe, uh, the hack on the pipeline. That's a uh, big thing, too. And now we got uh, the other issue down in, uh, well, here in my state, over on the Arkansas-Tennessee border. The I-40 bridge that is closed because of the crack. I've been across that bridge a million and one times. Well, I exaggerate, but you get the idea. And that crack is uh, according to the ATA, Arkansas Trucking Association, they're estimating that the closure is costing the trucking industry $2.4 million every day. Based on operational cost data from the AT, well, American Transportation Research Institute, which indicates the average cost of operating a truck to be $1.20 per minute, Arkansas DOT says that approximately 12,500 trucks traveled over the I-40 bridge each day, and an additional 14,000 trucks crossed the I-55 bridge daily. I've never heard of somebody calculating the cost of operating a truck at a per minute. It's always been a cost per mile. But okay. Tennessee DOT said in a daily update uh, the other day, Monday, that it is unable to project, project a reopening date for the bridge. U.S. Coast Guard reopened the river below the bridge to barge traffic uh, last Friday. Now, here's the kicker on this: if you haven't been paying attention to this story, let's go back two years ago, 2019. Photos were taking, taken of the bridge. I I, I guess via a drone. But the director of the Arkansas DOT announced uh, the other day that an employee failed at inspecting the I-40 bridge over the Mississippi River in 2019. That person that failed to inspect was fired Monday morning. Arkansas DOT released an image of the fracture which was taken in 2019. From their investigation, they have determined that the same employee who conducted the inspection in 2019 and 2020 failed to carry out their responsibilities correctly. You think? (laughs) You think? You see a crack, you ignore it. Yeah, especially when it's your job to inspect. Back to the employment line. Or should I say unemployment line? Anyway, other... uh, stories we're going to be talking about today the insurance act's latest version calls for a 556 percent increase in the insurance requirement for carriers that's going to be uh that increase is focused on obviously the uh, auto liability dombler trucks boy do they have more problems more recalls we'll be talking about that today too uh later on down the uh road If you're on the East Coast, fuel shortages have been reported at Love's and Pilot Truck Stops and even Travel Centers of America. Uh, love's at uh, 2 p.m. as of uh, Monday. Love Travel Stops on the East Coast reported no diesel outages at any of its locations. Only one location is at risk of a diesel outage. That would be the Love's at 13365 Glenbrook Avenue. That's exit 24 Interstate uh, 81 in Meadowview. PA. Pilot, as of noon day before yesterday, reported only one location with a diesel outage. Pilot Travel Center 1000 Truck Stop Road off Interstate 95 in Kinley, North Carolina. TA, Travel Centers of America, stated it's currently experiencing intermittent supply outages at sites and may be limiting the amount of gallons per purchase depending on location. However, TA does not have a list of affected uh, locations. At this time, or at least when we uh, gathered this information. All right, let's talk about our topic of the day here for a minute. Freight broker bonds. Let's. Uh, a lot of people don't understand what a freight broker bond is for. How you go about getting them. The process, though, the nine yards a broker bond, property broker surety bond. Now, a freight broker actually, that's what they are legally is a property broker. It's Freight Broker Authority, but they have to have a property broker surety bond. A freight Broker Bond in the amount of $75,000. These come in two versions, BMC 84, BMC 85. One's a trust. One is when uh, you get through the insurance company or a bonding company. Understand that a property broker surety bond is insurance. So you have to go through a licensed bonding company or insurance company to be able to get the bond. Now, if you're looking for a bonding company, you can do a search on the internet they're all over the internet and they are pretty well I'm not going to say easy to acquire, but uh, first thing you're going to do is find a bonding company fill out the application and generally they're going to do a soft pool on your credit now what do I mean by soft pool? in other words it's not going to correct uh, it's not going to affect your credit score. They're going to do a soft pool, kind of get the idea of what your credit's like, take your experience into consideration, and they will make a decision on whether to offer you a bond and at what price. It's insurance. Uh, Premiums are going to vary. And that's going to depend on your experience, depend on your credit, you know, things of that nature. Bonds, I've seen them start as low as $1,000 a year, maybe just a tad bit less, 950 something in that ballpark. And I've seen them go up to eight, $9,000 a year, and everything in between. So, my recommendation, if you're thinking about starting your own broker, uh, getting your own broker authority, is go out here and apply for a bond or... At least get an idea, you know, apply for the bond too, so you can see what kind of uh, premium you're going to be paying. Because once they tell you the premium, you may decide, no, not for me. Not going to happen. Too much. <clears throat> or you may say, okay, cool. Now, you're. You, usually the quote for a bond, and I'm sure every bonding company is different, but in my experience, a quote for a bond that a bonding company makes available to you is good for two months so you've got two months to get your authority filed get the bond paid for get everything put together to hold that rate if you extend more than two months you're gonna to have to reapply obviously now what is the property broker the freight broker bond for well in short what it amounts to is if you are a freight broker and for whatever reason You fail to pay a truck for a load that that trucking company has moved for your brokerage. They can file a claim against your bond for payment. So, maybe you agreed to pay a trucking company $2,000 to move a load from point A to point B. For whatever reason, you did not pay that trucking company. That trucking company can file the claim. If the bonding company investigates and they determine that uh, yeah, that trucking company should have been paid, they will pay that $2,000 and you will be expected to pay the bonding company back. However, if they rule in your favor, well, it's closed. Case closed. Now, what could cause a bonding company Not to approve a claim of a truck. Maybe the trucking company... Maybe the load was damaged. Okay. It could be a a number of things, but you get the idea. To where something... Went wrong with the load. Therefore, the uh, freight broker has determined, you know, they don't owe the trucking company anything because they did not complete the contract. Understand that whenever a trucking company moves a load for a broker... They are contracting to that broker to hold that load. Matter of fact, they're going to get a nice printed load confirmation with all the details. It's known as a carrier load confirmation. That is a binding contract. If the trucking company, or actually that load confirmation that's uh, uh, provided to the carrier, it's going to fall in with the broker-carrier agreement that the uh, carrier... Uh, agreed to and signed when they first set up with that broker. These load confirmations is part of the contract. If the trucking company does not deliver the load, they never completed the load, so therefore there is no money owed. In other words, they didn't complete the contract. Makes sense? Okay. I have seen trucking companies try to file a claim on a bond for a truck ordered, not used fee. And, obviously, that got kicked out real quick. But, anyway, that's neither here nor there. But that's that's basically what the bond is for. Now, some people will file for their authority before they go for their bond. And, and some people are going to get their bond and then file for the authority or kind of make it happen at the same time. It's however you want to do it. I mean, it's up to you. I understand, though, if you file for your authority... What you're filing for generally is going to be your authority, the application for the authority, UCR, BOC3. And uh, when the authority is granted, it, it's it's going to be granted, but it will not be active until you add a bond, because you're going to have the uh, authority, BOC3, UCR, and the $75,000 property broker surety bond in place before your authority can become active. Now, just because you filed for the authority, maybe you filed everything together, the bond and application everything together you paid your paid your fees or your agent that's doing it everything's taken care of maybe you got your mc number your dot number that does not mean you can broker yet you cannot broker until the authority has been processed and you have been approved you will be notified so keep that in mind hope that kind of helps you understand now if you have any questions feel free to contact me either via email fbtv at freebroker forms on our website freebroker tv uh, as a client obviously you can contact me direct uh, here at taltoa uh, calling me direct 479 and for those of you who have my direct email you can call me or um, email me at my direct email address all right let's talk about the insurance act uh We've talked about this before in a podcast. When back in uh two thousand nineteen, a couple of years ago, this Representative Garcia proposed the insurance act. He's gonna uh basically raising the minimum amount of insurance that a carrier be required to carry as far as auto liability now i think it's this guy maybe another guy that was co-sponsoring the bill previously i think it is another guy but i think there was two back in 19 that were doing this but uh they had six co-sponsors but one of the co-sponsors put it in they actually have a family that uh if I'm remembering all this correctly, they they, uh, owned a law firm and their law firm specialized in lawsuits against trucking companies for accidents. So, uh, kind of a conflict of interest if you ask me. But hey, if they can get it to go through, these attorneys, like well, the ones that represent plaintiffs in a car-truck accident or any type of a trucking company accident. They're going to have a lot more money to pull from because what they're wanting to do is uh, increase a minimum. The minimum right now is $750,000 for uh, auto liability, but they're wanting to increase it to, are you ready for this? $4.923 million. That's crazy. That's a that, that's a hike of 556.42 percent. Everything's going up, but come on. This Garcia guy he introduced the bill, the Insurance Act, in July uh, 2019, and he reintroduced uh, the measure for the 117th Congress back in April. According to the proponents of the measure, the Insurance Act is necessary since the minimum insurance requirement has not been increased since 1980. So. So, I'm here for crying out loud. H.R. 3781, the original bill filed in July 19, never picked up much steam after Garcia introduced it. The partisan bill received only six Democratic co-sponsors. Current bill 2687 has received eight Democratic co-sponsors when it was introduced back in April. But it really hasn't gone anywhere. Based on that recent history, it appears that it's going to be an uphill climb for this standalone bill to pass the House and the Senate. I mean, I'm for the trucking companies on this one. I mean, you know, sometimes me and trucking companies don't agree all the time, and that's fine. That's the way it should be. But right's right, wrong is wrong. This is wrong. I mean, this is just flat out wrong. It's going to keep a lot of truck. Uh, it's going to keep a lot of people out of the of starting their own trucking company. <clears throat> you know, if you're a big truck, a trucking company, Schneider, Swift, U.S. Express, JB Hunt, yeah, you got the money to four point nine two three million. And what a lot of people don't understand is, uh, the trucking company uh, they have to insure each truck, so it's not like uh, you're you're buying one policy you you got to insure each truck for $4.923 million. Auto liability. That's just crazy. But anyway, it is what it is. Welcome to the 21st century. When we sit here and look around right now, we see fuel prices out <laughs> going nuts because somebody hacked. We see inflation, which they're saying there's no inflation, but my golly, when, when it costs $35,000 more to build a home this year than it did a year ago. Because of lumber. Transportation costs are up. Fuel's up. Yeah, we kind of got something going on here. Now. Here's one. (laughs) That's kind of. Pretty much off the wall. FedEx is uh, in a lawsuit over millions. Of undisclosed miles on their delivery vehicles that were resold. <laughs> in other words, uh, they're they're turning back the mileage on the trucks. A guy in Las Vegas filed suit. He's one of the... Uh, well, he's one. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more people coming forward of uh, allegations that uh, company vehicles were resold and the accurate mileage was not disclosed before he bought them tom layton henderson nevada he's behind the lawsuit he's experienced in the uh, commercial vehicle industry he's been buying and selling trucks for almost half a century he says he's a commercial truck dealer over the past several years he said he began to notice a pattern that some commercial trucks going through his dealership had odometer issues He first uh, spotted the problem back uh, four years ago in March when he sold a Freightliner delivery truck to a FedEx contractor up in Washington. He said about a month later, the contractor called him. Hey, what are you trying to pull here? (laughs) Layton was unaware that there were any potential problems with the truck that he sold. The contractor went on to tell him he uh, took the Freightliner delivery vehicle Uh, into a Freightliner dealership, I guess. Had the vehicle hooked up to the computer, and it had over 400,000 miles logged on the truck, but the odometer only said 180,000 miles. Oops, that's not legal. (laughs) After comparing the odometer, Leighton was able to discover that the odometer was changed by FedEx and not by the car dealership. Through their research, by comparing the odometers, they found that uh, the odometer was modified by FedEx, not the dealership. According to Layton, the truck didn't have the original analog odometer that he expected to see on a vehicle of its age. The original was an analog odometer. However, the truck had a digital odometer with four modes on the instrument panel. Now, just so you know, replacing the odometer is not illegal, but it does need to uh, be disclosed. That's according to federal law. A new odometer should be set with the vehicle's actual miles and it has to be disclosed with a sticker attached to the door jamb. If the actual miles are unknown, that needs to be uh, documented too. Leighton alleges that the company, whether they had a valid reason or not, was not taking the proper steps to replace the odometers. They're replacing the odometer with one, starting it back at zero, and running 100, 150, 108, 000 miles on it, and then selling it. Layton filed a lawsuit against FedEx 2017 under the name of his company, uh, Nevada Fleet. After he looked at the details of hundreds of former FedEx trucks he bought, he alleges that of the four or five hundred vehicles he had purchased, about a hundred of them had replaced odometers, adding up to 18.5 million miles that were not disclosed to him. FedEx, where where are they on all this? Well, they, they obviously deny it, the allegations, claiming that a third-party company, and this company is called ARI, that FedEx had contracted ARI to take care of the sales process of their vehicles and that they were not the ones setting prices or selling the trucks. It was ARI. It was not us, FedEx states. <coughs> <coughs> According to FedEx, ARI purchases the vehicles from FedEx, takes the title of that vehicle, has it delivered to auction. Leighton's attorney, Brendan Fernald, if I pronounce that right, claims that FedEx still receives a cut of the money from the uh, truck sales. Well, of course they do. They're selling a van for twice the amount of money, and that money is percolating up the chain, with FedEx ultimately getting the lion's share of it. Claims against FedEx have gotten Leighton banned from auctions that sell FedEx trucks, putting them out of business. Leighton's legal battle is, on, battle is ongoing, and FedEx trucks remain on sale. So, if you've been thinking about buying a FedEx delivery truck, be be careful. That's all i got to say. Be careful. Daumler trucks recalling thousands of trucks for a fuel system issue. Thousands of trucks are being recalled by Daumler. Uh, due to an issue involving the fuel system. And they don't know what it is yet, apparently. Nearly 10,000 various models of Freightliner and Western Star trucks, model years ranging from 2018 to 2021, are affected. According to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, the ceiling washer may not seat correctly in the pilot bore hose, allowing the uh, high-pressure fuel rail assembly to leak if an ignition source is nearby, the fuel leak and spark a fire so far a solution has not been uh figured out <laughs> they're still trying to figure that out following dominer trucks are affected by the recall 2018 to 2020 freightliner custom chassis xb chassis 2018 to 2021 fc cc xc chassis 18 to 21 freightliner 108 sd 2018 to 2021 freightliner 114 sd 2018 to 2021 Freightliner Business Class M2, 2021 Freightliner Custom Chassis XB, and 2018 to 2021 Western Star 4700. Notifications to owners of affected trucks are expected to be mailed out by July 5th. So between now and July 5th, I guess if you blow up, sorry, or catch on fire, I say every time there's a recall, I still don't get this. Why? Okay, you know there's a problem that could potentially be fatal or catastrophic at least, but you're waiting two months before you do anything about it. Anyway, questions about the recall, you can contact Domiler Truck Customer Service, 800-547-0712. Recall number fl 886 NHTSA's number for this recall, 21V 326. That's 21V- 326. Kind of crazy. Oh, what a world we live in. Maybe someday I'll straighten out. Hey, pretty important information coming your way here in the next couple of weeks from Tau <laughs> Stay tuned. Uh, if you would, subscribe. Uh, rate the podcast down below if you're using your favorite podcast app you know rate us give thumbs up five stars what it does by giving us a good rating it helps more people find it be looking for a new video on YouTube this week we're gonna be talking more about marketing matter of fact uh, got it right here the notes we're gonna be expanding uh, or continuing in the series uh, of uh, marketing we're gonna be talking about a blog we were going to do that last week but well things happen but we're getting I'm a uh, matter of fact scheduled to do this here in just a few minutes so I'll you know, be looking for that alright very good hey listen go have a great Wednesday great week unless of course you've made other plans and we will talk soon take care